And good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, March 8th, 2017, and we have a great show for you. Do you want to make love better? Well, if you do, we've got the perfect guest. Her name is Freya Norden. She's calling in tonight from Canada. She calls herself the sensualist, and she's a sexologist, and she's going to talk to us about upgrading our sexual skills, knowledge, and techniques, and uh, the real-life application instead of just uh, theorizing and endless talk. So uh, looking forward to bringing her on in a few moments, and uh, let's get started with the show. So uh, I hope everybody's having a great week. Here we are in New York City. Um, The big news is, I guess... uh, We've got the whole this, the, the Donald Trump presidency continues with <laughs> with its uh, drama between he thinks he's been wiretapped. He say, states he's been wiretapped by Obama, and uh, and there's uh, investigations being prepared to look into the connection with Russia and the election, and the saga goes on and on. And in the meantime. The first healthcare repeal Obama healthcare package has been floated out there, and a lot of people don't like it. It seems like for seniors and some other folks, I mean, AARP came out against it today, and a lot of conservative Republicans said it's not it's not going far enough in terms of privatizing everything. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, it's what I find fascinating is no matter all of these you know issues and questions with Trump colluding with the Russians about the election. And anytime you talk to a Trump supporter, they will kind of deflect that and say, you know, look at that. We like what he's doing. And because uh, he's, uh, he's doing what he said he was doing, the ener- economy could get energized. He's going to lower taxes. Yet one of the issues in terms of the election was uh, Obamacare and the uh, rapid rise in the premiums, the fact that you couldn't keep necessarily keep your doctor and that uh, the insurance companies were jacking up the premiums. Well, now, uh, I don't know if, you know, at the time, I don't know if people recall before they had Obamacare, what was happening with the premiums, which were just out of control because there was no, there was no controls on them. So if we go back to that, unfortunately, I think a lot of the folks who uh, wanted, voted for change are going to be paying the price uh, out of their wallet. And I think that will finally wake some people up as to, you know, is this is this what we voted for? But we'll see. We'll see. So uh, that's going on now. And then uh, elsewhere in the world of the guys, guys world, we've got some sports stuff going on. The March Madness begins this week with all the local, uh, you know, the, the tournaments for the different leagues. And that leads to the big NCAA uh Slots being picked, I think, Sunday night. I am a Villanova University alumni, so I had the privilege of, and a pleasure of witnessing two of the most amazing uh, NCAA championships games in the history of the uh, NCAA basketball last year with the last second shot to defeat North Carolina. And then back in 1985, when the Wildcats defeated Georgetown. And I'm really surprised and pleasantly surprised that this year, Villanova, actually, they're number two ranked in the country and uh, they have a good shot to get into the final four again. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But when you're, you know, picked to go pretty far, a lot of times you have that 
bullseye on your back and uh, everybody's gunning for you. So let's say they, they've got a tough road to hoe in the, uh, in the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden this weekend. Elsewhere, we now have the NFL free agency begun. And uh, in here in uh, New York City, we've got one of the star uh, wide receivers for the Jets. Brandon Marshall is now switching over to play for the Giants. So that'll be interesting. And there's going to be a lot of movement, you know, with the Cowboys. They've got Tony Romo. Supposedly they're going to cut him tomorrow. We'll see where he ends up. I predict he ends up on the Broncos. Uh, And then uh, we've got baseball preseason. So a lot of stuff is stirring up now. And we've got the NBA and hockey. And there's a lot of sports stuff going on right now. Uh, Let me uh, talk a little bit about... um, the guys guys brand before I get into the guys guys guide for the week and then bring our guest out. Um, as you all know, the guys guys movement is all about when men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins better man, better world. It started with my novel, the guys guys guide to love. You can find it on Amazon. Some bookstores have it. Uh, most of the e-tailers and it's a story of two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. Uh, Dan Wakefield very famous author calls it the male successor to sex in the city. It's a rom-com. It's a romp, but it's about something. And uh, that kind of started us on this path. And then we came out with guys, guys radio a few years ago. And now we're going on our 210th podcast. All of our podcasts are available for free on blog, talk, radio, iTunes, where I would ask if you want to support the show, because I'm bootstrapping this whole thing. I'm not going on Kickstarter or anything like that. I'm just doing it. And I'm growing an audience and I'm going to keep at it. And it's because of you listeners and people who purchase my book and read my blog and all that, that we just keep going because it's a positive message and we need that now. But we're on iTunes, Guys Guys Radio. If you could subscribe, rate the show and review it, that would be super helpful. Rate, review and subscribe on iTunes makes a big difference. Uh, Stitcher, we're on Stitcher and also TuneIn Radio. Uh, My blog, on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness is at my website, robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I.com. And every week I come up with a new, uh, probably about a thousand word blog on a specific topic. I'm on Twitter right at Robert Manny, YouTube, Robert Manny author, Facebook, Robert Manny author. You can just hit me up at Robert Manny if you want to friend me. I still have some slots left there. And it's all about making this a better place for people, making, taking the gap that chasm of communication, whether it be verbal, whether it be emotional, whether it be intellectual or even sexual, bringing the gap, closing the gap of communication between men and women. That's what it's all about. It all started with the novel. And here we go. Um, In terms of the guys, guys guide, I do this little segment before I bring my guest out every week. And uh, usually I talk about what my next uh, blog post is going to be about. And I'm just finishing up one now and it's called no, no wingman, no problem, because I think for guys, uh, it's been too easy. Uh, things are too easy in terms of meeting women, and I, I think that to make a real connection, not just meeting superficially, to make a real connection, you've got to get out there and meet women face-to-face. In the days before the Internet, if you can imagine that, the days before you know, messaging, the days before Tinder and swiping left and right, guys had to just step up and meet women, and uh, they, some, some guys still do. And some people still meet that way, but there's a lot of laziness going on there. So I, I've written this blog about no wingman, no uh, problem. So that's going to come out 
either tomorrow or Friday. But tonight, I wanted to just touch briefly on, um, I know, uh, a medical procedure. I Part of our whole Guys Guys brand is about wellness. And uh, one of the things I did a couple of years ago, I had robotic surgery on each kidney. And uh, 100% better. And, you know, uh, the doctor said, 98% chance you'll never have to deal with this again. And I said, well, kind of what caused it? And I had the best, you know, surgeon in New York. And uh, he said, well, sporadic. And that got me thinking, like, you know, about the, the body, the environment, your, cell, your cells, and your ethereal body has to cause something. It has to be off. To create disease, you have to be off. So I embarked on a learning and getting involved with Ayurvedic medicine. And I'm actually just started. I did some research for about a year or so, and I just started um, just as a fail safe, uh, doing some, having some tests done on myself and then taking the, uh, taking the steps for healing. And it's really all about kind of detoxifying your body, cleaning your blood, uh, balancing your cells and killing all the pathogens that we all have. And, you know, if you live in a big urban area, you know, you're, you, or if you eat meat and fish and drink or whatever, you know, you're going to be subject to parasites and heavy metals and all kinds of horrible stuff that every, you know, uh, candida, everybody has all kinds of stuff going on in their bodies that they're really not aware of. And ultimately, because it sets up an imbalance in how your body functions, your body will have to overcompensate for some of the, some of the ways it works. And because of that, you will run into, you might create, uh, develop a chronic uh, or autoimmune disease. It's interesting. The place that I'm uh, going for my uh, treatments, and I put that in quotes, treatments, because I'm healthy, but I want to deto- completely detoxify and get all my cells balanced. A lot of people with Lyme disease go there. So I'm going to be blogging about it, and I'm going to talk about it next week, but it's something I want everybody uh, to check into. Just do some learning about Ayurvedic medicine, because Western medicine is great when you have a problem. They know how to give you, they know how to quell the symptoms and they also know how to extract things from your body. And the, the, uh, the, uh, amount of learning they have and the technology is just with including robotic surgery and laser is just amazing. However, there's not that much done in our Western medicine about how we, uh, you know, how we can be preventative. Of course, you know, what you eat is huge. You want to eat organic. You even want to be careful about not eating too much fish. Uh, I don't eat meat, but I was just reading about, you know, if you eat a lot of fish and people nowadays versus like 20, 30 years ago, eat four times more fish than they did then. And uh, you pick up a lot of heavy metals, including mercury when you eat a lot of fish. So anyhow, the guys, 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 this week is about just studying uh, ways of wellness and preventative medicine, taking care of your body. I'll get into next week some of the things that I'm doing um, in terms of things like uh, ACMOS energy balancing therapy, biomagnetic therapy, uh, ultraviolet blood irradiation therapy, neural therapy, air energy oxygen therapy, and, uh, and some of the supplements I've been taking. So anyhow, we'll get into that next week. So let's... Uh, we have some callers, and if you want to call in and ask a question, because we're talking about SEX tonight, the number is 347-945-5834, 347-945-5834. So let's, uh, let's uh, get our guest out here. Her name is Freya. 
Norden. She's a sexologist who's been working independently with the mind-body connection and sensuality for the last 13 years, consistently upgrading skills, knowledge, and techniques. She values real-life applications and results rather than the endless talk and theorizing. Her areas of expertise include depth of passion, erotic conditioning, couples work, orgasm triggers, and desire. Okay, so let's bring her out now, Freya Norden. Good evening, Freya. Hi, How are you? How are you I'm doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you. And you're calling in from Toronto, is it? Uh, yeah, Toronto. Oh, what a great city. I love it up there. How's your winter been? Uh, surprisingly warm. We've been having some uh, really, really warm temperatures, even up to 18 the other day. So uh, I'm not complaining. Good, good. Well, welcome to the show. And uh, I think, uh, you know, you're... you're uh, your job, if you will, being a sensualist. Tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become, what is a sensualist and what inspired you to take that path? And then we'll get on to uh, some issues and we'll take some calls. Okay. Well, basically, I help people, whether it's a couple or an individual, have uh, a better sex life. And if you're single and not having sex with another person, you can have a better sex life. And if you're in a couple or in a relationship or dating multiple people, um, sex can always be better, so I help people do that. Um, I got into it because, um, well, I can be honest here, right, and, and say yes, of course. sex words. And, and be, okay, that's good. Um, I've pretty much been obsessed with sex for my whole life, even when I was a kid and I didn't know what it was. So mm-hmm. um, my work, my original work was as a massage therapist, and, um, of course, massage therapy is all very, oh, this is, not, this is nothing sexual and this is not what it is. But I never, deep down, even though I, I did massage therapy above board, um, I, I didn't feel like there was anything wrong with having an erotic response to massage because I did. Only mm-hmm. you couldn't see it because I was a woman. So um, outside of massage therapy, I studied Tantra and I studied uh, the Tao and all kinds of different alternative sexual things to improve my mm-hmm. own sex life and my marriage. And um, I studied hypnosis as well uh, related to sexuality. And eventually I had to ask myself, uh, what do I really want to do with my life? And what would I do if I wasn't being paid for it? And it was basically talk about sex all day long. So that's what I do. Okay. Fantastic. Um, great answer. Um, what in your work what do you see i know it's a kind of a general question but what do you see as the main issue between men and women uh or couples just in general whether it be same sex or uh you know or male female in terms of uh sex um to answer that question i would have to categorize different types of people because couples in a long-term relationship are having different issues than singles or or people Mm -hmm. who are new in dating so with the long-term relationships, uh, the, the trouble is usually that sex has become stale because it's not what it was in the beginning. And it, it can never be that way again because you only have that biological, excitable response to a new person. That goes away. And, and they haven't had the education to take sex to the deeper levels, the really, really spiritual and um, kind of, I, I guess, more extreme levels of sexuality they're still trying to copy what they did in the beginning which is Mm -hmm. mating sex and uh you know mating sex when you're not with a novel mate is kind of boring 
So, um, you know, at that point, one of them is, is really just not that turned on. They're going through the motions and maybe not wanting to do it. Um, or maybe one of them is really bored. I get a lot of bored people who want to know how to introduce new things to their partner who is really not that, maybe intimidated by new things. Mm-hmm. How about, um, I just read an article on this in today's newspaper uh, online, um, Fatigue. And uh, what I read was that uh, the number one reason why couples in long-term relationships aren't getting it on uh, very much is because they're exhausted. Oh, yeah. You know what? Lifestyle has such a huge impact on libido. And and lifestyle isn't just, you know, being tired from the kids or having too much to do. Um, I don't know if you've read into, because you're into this alternative health stuff in the Ayurveda, the effect of blue light on our system. Mm-hmm. So people, yeah, so people in front of their computers all day and in artificial light at the end of the day, especially during winter, they're getting exposed to blue light, which upsets the circadian rhythm and really, really contributes to fatigue. And once you have that fatigue going, uh, you're just, you're not really interested. So you kind of, you have to sort that out. And um, I have a lot of, lot of rec- recommendations in that regard, um, but that is a big topic. Now, interesting. Let's just uh, let's just veer off that uh, because mm-hmm. people are on their computer all day, and then you know, porn is a big, uh, p- very popular mm-hmm. content, and it uh, you know it brings some pleasure to people, but it also brings some complications. Also, can you talk? And I'm sure you deal with that in your practice. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience in terms of and your feelings about uh, and thoughts about how you see porn. Is, can it be worked into a relationship uh, for a couple or is it uh, something that, you know, people want to just do on their own or is it a problem? Or what, what's your thoughts? Okay. So understand that my view of porn has to do with sexual function. It has nothing to do with morality. I'm not coming at this from a religious standpoint or right. from, oh, it's wrong. You know, I, I don't care about that. I care strictly mm-hmm. how does it affect your body? How does it affect your mind? So, um, when you engage sexually, whether you're engaging with a partner or yourself or with a computer or with fantasy, you're essentially programming your body and mind to respond to the things that you're looking at. So my problem with porn is that the unconscious mind does not understand the difference between a real-life woman or man in front of you and a picture on screen. So if you're masturbating every day to things on screen, eventually you get bored because Mm -hmm. we're we're taught to seek novelty. We have to seek novelty. So, you know, it gets boring. So you start seeking new things, um, more extreme things, different things. And again, what you're doing is you're conditioning your brain and conditioning Mm -hmm. your body to respond to what you're seeing. Uh, And when you get into real life sets, it doesn't compare. You're not seeing the same degree of stimulation. Um, you're not seeing the kinds of things that happen because there's a lot of extreme stuff. And, and in porn, you can flip, 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 flip right. uh, really quickly through tons of material. You're not going to go through that much material in a real-life sex session. And um, so that actually, you know, it dulls your mind so that when you have a real person in front of you, uh, your body and your brain is just not going to respond to them um, if you're looking at pornography a lot. So if you want to do it, do it, but know that you are conditioning yourself, especially when you uh, masturbate to orgasm looking. And mm-hmm. the other, 
the other thing about it, so it, there's a danger in that. And then the other thing about it is that um, you're also disassociating from the sensuality of sex. So you're a disassociated observer. You're looking at something. You're getting hard. You're rubbing one out, and you're not actually involved. Um, you're not feeling your body. That's totally different than if you're being touched, if you're being, uh, you know, stroked and kissed, and you can smell the other person, and and actually engage sensually. That that's that's sexy. And as you age. Um, and you're with a partner. Now, presumably, if you're 60 years old, um, you're not going to be with a 22-year-old porn star. You're going to be with somebody who's usually age-appropriate. And if you're unable to become aroused unless you see this very extreme stimulation with young bodies, then you're fucked because you're not going to get aroused by your partner. You're mm-hmm. not going to see their body as, as beautiful or sexy. But if you don't look at it and if you engage with your partner on a sensual level, um, a woman is going to be gorgeous and sexy as long as she's sexually responding to you. Right. Okay. Uh, great answer. I agree with you. The, now, I, I, and a lot of it, I was uh, processing, uh, you know, as a man and I, I am sure that the issue with porn is, probably more prevalent with men than women. Do you run into uh, women who have as many, and if so, as many issues with uh, porn as, as guys or as because guys are so visual and I know women are visual too, but uh, Mm -hmm. do you see a difference between how men and women process porn? Yeah. uh, Men are processing porn in that they're conditioning themselves that way. And they've, They've brought themselves to be unable to get erections or unable to ejaculate with women, with real women. Uh, Mm -hmm. Women, the way they seem to process it is they feel like they have to be that. So when they're having sex, they're busy trying to be set Mm -hmm. up actually experiencing pleasure. Got it. So they're, they're not feeling pleasure. They're just trying to like be a certain way. And uh, that's the problem that women are having with it. There, there are women who look at it, but it's not, um, it's not the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. Um, so what's the answer for men then? Because if men are looking at their computer screen and whacking off, like what, and it gets in the way of their relationship, what, what do you advise them to do in terms of reconditioning themselves? Kind of turn the computer off yeah. or... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's just getting in the way. Um, You you just have to stop watching it. And when you masturbate, which, you know, go ahead and masturbate, but but do it to sensation. And a lot of people will freak out when they first start doing that because if they don't have material to to jerk off to, they're not getting hard. They're not – or if they do, then they're not ejaculating. And I'm like, well, that just means you don't have enough erotic energy in your body to need to ejaculate. So Mm – you're doing it as a habit and a stress relief rather than an erotic activity. And the older a guy gets, the less he should, the less often he should be ejaculating. He mm-hmm. needs you want, you just cheat, as much. You yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He needs just as much or, or even more uh, erotic sensation and erotic energy, but less actual ejaculation. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll experience better performance and a lot, uh, a lot more arousal if he does. Yeah, that. I think you're right. Um, Okay, let's uh, take a caller. Thank you. I've got a couple of callers waiting. And I'm just going to say for the callers, you know, 
let's keep it uh don't use the f word you can you can talk sex but let's 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 use a little bit of decorum if you're going to just call in like to be crazy like some people have done then uh, you'll get cut off so don't <laughs> even bother but let's take the first call from 647 good evening welcome to guys guys radio who is this and what's your question Yes, uh, my name is uh, Mike. How are you? Good, Mike. You have a question for Freya? Uh, yes, my question for Freya. I mean, I've uh, been listening intently and uh, fall into that age category. Uh, I'm in my late 50s, uh, back uh, in the dating scene, and uh, you know, I've established an important relationship. And I'm interested, as you're working with your partner, maybe there's you know things that I may want to do. Um, and she's just not that way. Is there any way, is there a process to go through, or do you just forget it and don't pursue the things that you'd really like to try? Well, yeah, there's definitely a process, but uh, I can answer your question better if you tell me specifically what you are talking about. Like, give me, what do you want to do that she doesn't want to do? Okay, well, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll start with the, the easier one, and the easier one is uh, just a little bit of uh, uh, spanking. Um, uh, you know, nothing hardcore, nothing painful, but um, you know, it's an activity that uh, that I really enjoy giving and receiving. And uh, so she has, I mean, she's aware of it, uh, but has no interest. So, do you pursue that? Is there a how? What 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 would you recommend? Okay, so first of all, um, this is something I hear a lot, and one partner is going to have a lot of really crazy, sometimes really crazy ideas, and the other person thinks, no way, uh, there's no way I'm going to do this stuff, and they have objections to it, uh, whether maybe it's uncomfortable, maybe not. And if the idea is not yours and you don't want to do it, what the person who wants to do it has to do is, is make it pleasurable. Uh, if you make it pleasurable one time, they're going to be open to doing it again. And essentially by doing it several more times, you're conditioning them to have this memory, this erotic and feel-good memory in their system. So for her, she probably has ideas of spanking. You know, and actually, I did as well. Um, you know, I grew up thinking spanking was spanked when I was young and it was I I would be angry I would, I would punch somebody if they tried to spank me and a lot of my clients uh, brought this subject up to me so I thought okay you know what I'm gonna have to try this out um, and remove all of my mental associations with what spanking is spanking acts like a big vibrator to the body so if you do it right which is uh, starting off gently doing it rhythmically um, what you do is you actually engorge all of the tissue around the pelvic area so that it becomes extremely sensitive. And it's extremely arousing. That's why people orgasm from being spanked. So you have to explain it to her in that way and say, look, I'd like you to experience this sensation. And I want you to tell me what does it feel like. And don't sneak it into the bedroom when you're having sex. You actually have to take some time aside, take 15 minutes. It's going to take longer than that. It'll take like an hour. And say, let's try this out. Um, either you try it on her or she tries it on you. And start gently. And when you do it, it's going to feel good. I have introduced spanking to 
I don't want to say hundreds, but at least <laughs> at least 45 people who have never had it before. And they love it. Every single person has said that actually felt amazing. And they haven't turned into Spankos, but it's brought the new idea to them. And that's how you bring new ideas to people. Does that help, Mike? Yeah, that was, uh, that was great. You had one other question? Well, uh, um, uh, a little bit more on the erotic side in regards to um, the, and the spanking thing was really helpful to me is, uh, <clears throat> is uh, let's say there's an activity, let's say, and, and, and I listened to the porn thing and it's not porn orientated. Uh, I've read a lot about that. So I'm educated in that area, but you know, let's say you wanted to, you know, I mean, a, a guy thing, uh, release on a certain part of a, a of your partner's body, and again, they have an aversion to that. Is it the same process as spanking, or or is it something different because it's a different activity? Uh, you, you would have to find out what her aversion is. Um, you know, maybe she sees it as disrespectful, and you have to have a discussion around it because it's not disrespectful. Um, the two ways around it are, you, you know, you can talk about it, and maybe again, check it out. So you check out, this is what it's like. And then when it happens, ask her, you know, how does that make you feel? Well, why? Where did she see it and think it was repulsive? And then, you know, have a talk about, well, this is not actually disrespectful to you. I, I find it arousing to see myself on your body, to see my ejaculate on your body because it, you know, it makes me feel some amount of possession, whatever it feels to you, that good feeling. Um, and, you know, if it's something like that and, and she's like, okay, you know what, I really want to please you, just do some uh, EFT or hypnosis for it. That's, that's a really quick and, and easy way because you can make, like if she wanted to become extremely aroused from seeing you ejaculate on her, that's easy. Um, but you have to respect where her objections come from because I believe that if she understands where your desire comes from and that. You know, it's not disrespectful. It's not that you're um, treating her like a, you know, a piece of meat from a porn movie or something like that. Then most people, I think, I've found that most women are a lot more open-minded than men think that they are. Does that, does that uh, help you out, Mike? Yeah, that was uh, that was also very helpful. And just the the my add-on to that is in regards to the sensation and that type of thing. It's more there's a sense of naughtiness to it to me. So it's again, not porn orientated, but just a fun sensation point of view, but that was great. I appreciate that. Thanks very much. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Let's, let's pick up on that. Um, We're going to let Mike go, but let's, let's talk about hypnosis a little bit because you are a master hypnosis and so am I. And um, I, I, you mentioned it during the call and I I think just to qualify things uh, for the listeners, you know, I, I know what you're not saying is like hypnotize your partner to do something they don't <laughs> want to do. Because as we no, know, as hypnotists, not. we know that you, that's not how you use, use hypnosis. And, uh, and, and actually, when you're working with somebody, they will never do what's not in their true nature. So you can't really hypnotize somebody to, unless you're in some kind of secret program, to like do something that's against their nature, unless things were really done beyond hypnosis to someone. So I think we'll, t- let's talk about how you 
use hypnosis in your practice, Freya, because we want to make sure that people understand that the idea isn't look at the pendulum, look into my eyes now, you know, <laughs> spank me. <laughs> it's, it's not quite like that, right? No, not at all. Not at all. And um, where I, my perspective in hypnosis, I know there are hypnotists out there who are not ethical or seedy, but from the erotic standpoint, um, it's just another tool to bring more pleasure and more desire into the relationship. So, you know, if a partner, you know, just say my, my boyfriend, he doesn't, but just to say he had a foot fetish and he really got off on my feet. Now, I, uh, I don't. <laughs> like, I really, you know what, it's nice to get a foot massage, but it's definitely not erotic. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he thought it was erotic, it would benefit me to find it sexy as well. Mm-hmm. So I would find it useful to um, condition myself to find, to, to have like, you know, foot massage or maybe him sucking on my toes or something like that to be extremely arousing. And that benefits both of us. And it's because I would want to because, you know, I like that it gives him that kind of pleasure. So it would be my choice to receive that kind of hypnotic conditioning to eroticize different parts of my body to make everything better for both of us. Mm-hmm. How about, um, I know what turns my wife on when I change the kitty litter. I've been married for six years. So now when I change the <laughs> yep, kitty litter, yep. the vacuum, <laughs> just joking. You know what? It, taking, the, taking the garbage out, that really does it yeah. for me. So uh, those domestic chores always do the trick with your guy. <laughs> so we've got a couple more calls on here. So I'm going to ask the caller from 419, uh, give us your first name and where you're calling from and what your question is for Freya. And thanks for holding on. Good evening. Welcome to Guys Guys uh, Radio. Hi, Hello my there. name is Rick, and I'm from, Mich- I'm from Michigan. Hey, Rick. And I have a couple questions um, regarding, like, erotic massage for the woman and what's the best way to kind of work with her and know what she likes and doesn't like and just a day of doing something for her. Could you kind of explain that to me and and I'd like to experiment with that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, um, one thing that I do, I actually teach people hands-on how to do erotic massage, whether it's men to women or women to men. Um, and the number one most important thing a man needs to know is to go slower than he thinks she, he should. He should always be several steps behind the woman's arousal because... What that does is it uh, that creates anticipation, and it's the anticipation as much or more than the sensation that's going to get the woman going. So if you tune in and, you know, you're not thinking about how hot it is or how turned on you are, if you put all of your attention and 100% into her, your, your mind is focused on her. Your body is responding to her heartbeat, to every little nuance. Um, pretend she's the most interesting thing you have ever come across. And then pretend you're not pretending. And keep that focus. And when you do that, you're going to find, you're going to see all kinds of subtle signals that you've never uh, recognized before. All of these little micro signs. Um, and if you weren't paying that close of attention, which honestly most people don't pay that close of attention, especially during sex, they're kind of 
have this idea, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do right. this move and rubber a certain way. Um, actually, no, you don't, because even if you did it and it worked, next time her body's going to be a little bit different. So tune in, and her body is really going to tell you. I, I could talk about this for two hours, but because we're in a, in a phone call, I won't. Uh, and again, I'm going to emphasize the slowness. Slowness and starting out extremely light before you work, get in heavy. Because the light touch is going to draw out her arousal instead of um, causing her to protect her body. Does that help you out, Rich? It does. I like the, the idea of totally tuning in and focusing on her. Um, and like noticing things about her, like I've noticed that she doesn't really like um, like clitoris stimulation as much as she likes inside, and I know it's just frustrating. So it doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. It just means I'm tuning in. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a you know what, Rick? It's it's a dynamic feedback loop. So you're paying attention to her, and her response is causing you. To change what you do and respond to her response every moment and seeing that you know she's not responding or maybe she's pulling back from her clitoral simulation but you know the internal simulation is making her crazy well you know her body's telling you what to do okay yeah that's great for me because I was wondering if I was doing something wrong or whether I was just following what she needs and it sounds like I may be on the right path that sounds you know good. what? Everybody, yes. Yeah, everybody says it's all about the clitoris. It's not true. A lot of it is, but it's not all about the clitoris. And a lot of women do really love internal stimulation even more than clitoral stimulation. Now, Freya, you mentioned erotic massage, and so did uh, Rick. Uh, where, uh, where can our listeners find out more about erotic massage from you? Um, if you go to my website, www.thesensualist, so that's dot org, um, you can look under body work or look under learn, and um, you can learn more about it in either of those two sections. Okay. You good, Rick? I am. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good Thank evening. You. Thanks for calling Guys Guys Radio. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more, Freya, before we take another call about this uh, whole erotic massage. Could you just give us a little overview on how couples can begin in this and how, how to, you know, how to, because I think as you were alluding to, people get into routines and uh, they're not tuning into each other where I know as a guy, you know, sometimes we like this and then you always go to that. And I think women are a little bit, well, I've got to go to that again. And uh, it would be much better if uh, people were like being much more in tune in the moment, in the present moment with each other. And mm-hmm. I know I have to work on that. And I'm sure uh, everybody and most guys have to work on that also. So talk to us a little bit about how a massage can bring a couple together. Okay. Uh, first of all, touch is way more important than, than orgasm. So in long-term relationships, um, especially when you get to know each other's bodies better, you, you know what turns her on, you know what makes her come, and, and vice versa. So people tend to get lazy and kind of skip to, you know, what gets the results in the end, and mm-hmm. they stop exploring each other's bodies and they stop touching as much. 
um, in favor of the orgasm or, or the release because the release, you know, it's a release of stress and then you can go to sleep and, it, and that's good. Um, but it's actually the touch that keeps you connected and it's the mm-hmm. touch that creates the desire that you want because, again, in long-term relationships, the desire lags. So it's more important to touch and tease and arouse than it is to actually get to the orgasm. And I'm not downplaying orgasms. They're great. But if you want to feel alive and you want to have that sort of desire and that drive coursing through your body, you have to touch more. And -hmm. you have to tease and you have to sort of bring your partner, you know, maybe edge your partner, bring them to the edge of orgasm and say, you know what, I can't wait to do more of this tonight. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you have kids and you don't have time because you honestly... You know, there's kids in your bed and you're not ha- able to have sex right. every night. So you know what? Get the desire going and then, you know, find a little bit of time on the weekend and then do it. You know, it's uh, interesting. I, I, I read something somewhere a while ago and I started, as a result of it, started making sure that I hugged my wife every day. Just, you know, go up, give her a little hug, rub her back a little bit, just to make sure that there's some type of real touching going on every day, because you can get, you know, you could have your sex or whatever, and then you go off in different directions and you have a kid, you have a job, another job, this and that. And people are so busy doing different stuff that you could actually, if you're in a long-term relationship or a marriage and you have kids not be touching each other. And uh, it's so important, just the little things. And I have found that it has brought us, much closer together. It really, as a guy, I'm like, wow, this really, really works. Hug your partner every day. And you really should be doing that anyhow. What do you think? Uh, Oh, absolutely. You know, you can have sex and the sex, um, I know you said not to say the F word, but. um, Okay. (laughs) I don't know what the rules are on guys on uh, blog talk radio. So I'll be the one who, I'll be the one who gets in trouble. I'm the one saying it when you said not to. So, if you're just fucking your partner, you can do that over and over and over again and have zero closeness. Um, it doesn't bring you closer together. It's the actual touch. Touching, hugging, snuggling, kissing. That's what creates the attachment in long-term relationships. And you know what? When you don't have a high desire, you know, if you're a working woman, you've got kids, you're busy, you're not going to have the same testosterone and desire level as a man. So if you want to have sex, it's got to be the touch that turns you on. Because women have tremendous capacity for arousal and for pleasure. You just got to get them going. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the touch that gets it going. Okay. I got it. And I ag- totally agree once again. Uh, let's take another call. We've got somebody in 905 area code. Tell us your first name and where you're calling from and what your question is for Freya. Good evening. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is uh, Brian. And I'm calling we, from Bramley. Okay. And uh, my question for Free is, um, my long-term play partner and I um, have talked about adding a third person. Um, it's someone that I know. Um, he's been a long-term friend. Um, and it is something that she desires. But we're unsure of our third party. We're not sure that it's something he would be open to. So, um, so what's the question for me in, in that situation? I, I guess we, we'd like to know how to, how would somebody approach someone 
you know, someone you know, not someone off the street. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, someone you've you've been friends with for a long time. And ask them, you know, you know that they're an active person. Uh, this person happens to be single. Um, it's something that both my partner and I um, want quite a bit. Um, and we would like to add someone we know um, for some mm-hmm. occasional fun. How, how would we go about approaching this person? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was going to ask if the guy was married, because um, if he is, I would say, you know what, it's probably it's not no. really respectful to ask somebody who's in a relationship, but unless their no. partner is one of those people. Um, so yeah. if he's single, I would say straight out, um, just say it. Say, but but tell them, say, you know, we're having all this fun together. She's my play partner, and we're, and we think the idea of adding a third party to play is really really hot. Right. Um, is that is that something that? is interesting to you or not. And in saying yes, there's no obligation. It's not like because the idea is sexy, that means you're agreeing to play with us. But is that something you'd be open to? And given the option to think about it, to be like, you know what, I don't want to talk about this. i got to let it percolate on my own. Um, and say, you know, you're somebody who I think would be a good candidate for that because we know you and, you know, trust you and that kind of thing. We'll find you attractive. Um, that's how I would do it because I think yeah, openness I, is really, is really important and you have to actually be honest about what you're beating around. the Like don't beat around the bush. Don't invite him over one night and then right. sort of try to sneak him into a, a sexy thing. Let him know. And yeah. Then his we're, mom, we're, yeah. My partner and I are pretty remote sort of geographically, and the third we would like that is is also the same so it it wouldn't it wouldn't be something that happens on a Tuesday after bowling sort of thing it would be mm-hmm. you know something we plan um and also with him not being aware at all that you know I'm involved um or she is involved you That's know like an email if he's yeah. far away and and you, and you don't see each other very often. Say, look, we've had this idea. Uh, we're thinking about it. it we think it would be really fun. And yeah. what do you like, think? Like, do we broach the? Do we broach the? I happen to have this play partner that I've been engaged, you know, long term with. Uh, first, or is it at the same time? Do we say, hey, this is this is the scenario I'm in. I've been this way for a while, and would you care to join us? Like, does it work like that, or is it get them used to one idea and then the second? I'm a little bit, I tend to be a bit blunt. So yeah. I would just, but I, w- I would give the whole situation. You know, it's not some okay. random girl off the street, you know, all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, if you know each other well, you know, lay it out, be honest. Okay. And see, and then he, and then he, again, he has time. Because even if his initial reaction is, whoa, dude, I'm so not into guys. Yeah. The idea might be hot, right? Right. So let let him let him sit on it. What's your what's your okay. just out of curiosity? What's your, what's your gut in terms of how he would react? Because, you know, when you hear a lot well, of things about three, we, threesomes, a lot of times it's like two women and a guy, two guys and a woman. You know, cool. But I mean, that has that takes like a guy who's going to be open to that. Well, and you, you, he's your bud. To be so honest, how, how been, do you, th- you know, my my friend and I have been my friend 
that we're thinking of asking. Mm-hmm. We've been friends for 30 years, and okay. back in silly college days, we had in, not not to the full extent of threesome, but he, I, and another girl were involved I got it. one night sort of thing. So it's it's not entirely new ground, but it's it's very old and overgrown, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so does this help you out, Tom? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's given me something to think about, and 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 uh, we'll talk and uh, kind of see how we go. Fantastic. Send me an email. Well, let me know. How, let me know how it goes. I will. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Okay, that was Tom. Um, let's talk about that situation a little more. I didn't. I'm, I hope I didn't put Tom on the spot there. But usually, you know, you hear threesomes. It's like a guy wants two women which is pretty t- t- typical. And I guess a woman might want two guys or she might want a woman. Uh, but I would think if you had to, I know I'm being generalizing here, but usually it's like two women and a dude and uh, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong with two dudes and a woman, but how do you, are the, uh, are the, uh, I don't want to say politics. It's the wrong word, but the, uh, this, the, how the dynamic is the dynamic different when you have two women and a guy versus two guys and a woman, or is it just all about communication and whatever works for them? I think the dynamic really depends on the people involved and what the focus is because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure a lot of times there are people who are engaging in threesomes in order to please their partner rather than because they actively desire it. Right. And, um, you know, I've heard stories, I've heard so many different threesome dynamics that I, I don't think that there's just one dynamic. Like, I would say there's usually a centerpiece, so to speak. You know, one person who's kind of the main focal point, especially if the other two are sort of maybe lukewarm or not as hot for each other. It's three mm-hmm. people. It's got to be unequal in some way. Right. So, you know, you, you, just have, to, you have to have the communication there. And... If the guy's rules are, yeah, we want to do this, but we don't want our penises touching, you know, like that, those are the things yeah. you have to know. No, no sword fighting, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and I think, you know, some people who are not interested in men, but interested in engaging in this way, yeah, they would mm-hmm. have those kinds of rules. A little spit roast, is that what they call it? <laughs> I, I, you know what? <laughs> spit roast, Yeah. That's why I heard, I heard a comedian say that once, and it made me laugh too. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that subject before we wrap up. Uh, the whole uh, BDSM. Um, how, in your opinion, how prevalent is that with couples? It's like you know, if you had ten couples, how many do you think would be involved in it? I know, again, directional, just throwing stuff out there, but is this is this something that we, uh, as a society, that we kind of you know? We repress, even though it's far more prevalent than we, that we, I know, I know that, you know, if you look at the sales of erotic products and leather stuff and all of that, it's huge. How, how do you, how big is this going on and what are the, what are the pleasures and what are the, what are the warning signs? I, I think it's huge. We, I think that there's way more people who are curious, uh, titillated or somehow interested in some dynamics than there are people who are not. And the dynamic may be as simple as, you know, I just want to have somebody else take control of this situation. 
Mm-hmm. Or it may be it may be really complicated where they you know they want to be tied up and whipped and have all these crazy things done to them. And there's huge amount of potential for pleasure. Um, and you know there's a lot of potential for abuse as well. But the thing is, if you're doing it right and if you're doing it in a healthy way, the only thing that it does is help you learn how to communicate better with your sex partner and mm-hmm. help you trust them more. Because you can't really do it without trust. Right. How, 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 if it gets into like the routine, because that's it for the couple, that's how they do it. And maybe one wants it more than the other, but ultimately it always turns into that. Is that, I know every situation is different, but is that a, is that a good thing or is that just, okay, that's fine. Or is that something like, you know, maybe a little vanilla now and then is not a bad idea either. A little cuddling. If you're Instead of, uh, you know, okay. fun paddling. Cuddling is always a good idea. Always. Always. I think you can't get enough cuddling because the touch is really important. Um, I think that if you need something to be so elaborate and extreme every single time, you're going to burn out your partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a dominant, you know, I do dominant work. It's really demanding on the dominant, and it's exhausting. It's so much work. And, Mentally, um, you know, as I would think yeah, mentally it could be tough, right? Mentally and physically, and it's a lot of responsibility. And right. if one one side can't do it, you know, they're needing all of this every single time, eventually the other person is going to burn out. So mm-hmm. um, if both people are happy, if both people are fine, both people are actually happy and satisfied, there's no reason, then, then it's all good. As soon as one person isn't, um, then it's time to start shifting things. And sex is a journey, like, you don't ever end it. You're never done. It's always mm-hmm. going to be changing. And you need to have ups and downs. Like, you can't have an up unless you also have a down to compare it to. So, ebbs and Ask downs, any guy. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need the low point. It's, it's healthy to have low points. Because that way you have somewhere to go from that lower point, and you can bring it up, bring it really, really high. Okay. Well, listen, Freya, I think you're fantastic, and everything you've said I agree with, and uh, you did a fantastic job with the callers and everything. And um, tell everybody where they can, again, just tell us about your website or anything else you want to talk about in terms of promoting uh, what you're doing. And uh, I want to ahead of time. I want to invite you back on the show and get some more calls because this has been a lot of fun. And uh, I think we're helping people by doing this and that's the purpose. Oh, thank you, Robert. Yeah, I would love to be back. I think your brand is so positive and men really need um, you know, positive guidance because the world at large, I think there's a lot of negativity towards men and um, they're awesome. Like, I love men. They, you know, from a female perspective, we have ho- a whole half gender who pretty much want nothing more than to see us sexually satisfied and Mm -hmm. happy too. But, and that's pretty cool. So you can read more about me or you can contact me at www.thesensualist. So that's T H E S E N S U A L I S T dot org. Uh, I do distance consulting too. So, you know, if you have a, a problem with your relationship or you want to sort something out or ask me anything, and believe me, anything, um, there's nothing too weird, then, yeah, give me a distance call. I do phone calls and Skype. Um, and uh, 
you know, hit me up on Facebook. My name is Freya Norden on Facebook and add me as a friend. And, uh, yeah, that's how you get in touch with me. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, this has been Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny, and our special guest, Freya Norden. Um, I think it's been an interesting show, and I hope everybody uh, had some fun with it and learned some stuff. And it's really, you know, any way we can help men be better men and be more in tune, as Freya said, with uh, their partners, it's a good thing. And no judgments. There's not enough love in the world. And if everything comes from a place of love, most of the communication uh, bridges can be crossed and the communication gaps and chasms can be collapsed and men and women can be at their best together. And that's always a good thing. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. I think our guest is uh, author Kate Montana. And until then, remember that guys, guys finish first. <laughs>